spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed of that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I haven't dreamed of waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Hi, it's Andian from Spoken Label. A spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and records show it started off really as a one-off podcast chatting to writers, poets and artists. Over time, it became monthly, then weekly and occasionally nowadays it goes on that to a more regular basis. To date, I've done over 330 sessions and I'm always looking for new poets, writers, artists, singer-songwriters, general interesting creative people to come onto the podcast. You can find this on all the usual networks over Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay and dozens of others. But it does have a central database of spoken label, which is all one word, dot bandcamp.com. Obviously now, to help me with the running costs of this podcast, I'm always grateful for any kind of donation to assist me with it. You can either do the donation through the Bandcamp page by putting in a fee to download one of the free podcasts, or send it over to my PayPal to aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk. My email address again is aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk. Enjoy the podcast. Take care. Bye. Spoken label. Hi, guys. Andy End, Spoken Label. Back in the house. I'm knackered. I've had one of those weeks today, this week, definitely. Now, I've got a friend, a dear friend of me today, and I have not seen this gentleman. <laughs> oh. A few years, well. I reckon it. It's a few years, yeah. isn't it? Definitely yeah. pre-lockdown because um, I've got the wonderful. Let's start Eric, the wonderful Eric Lovelace. He for me today. Now, I first met Eric, and um, this is a good story of this as well. But we've known each other since you toured of um, just before you toured of Epic Forty Five, didn't you, in two thousand and fourteen? Yeah. But but it's bizarre, really, because um, we actually were in the same room, weren't we, back in two thousand and seven? I was gigging too far and over in Nottingham where July Skies was supporting Epic 45. And one of I, I, friends, I, was, I, I just thought they were, yeah. They, it was at the Arts Exchange, which is a, it, yeah. a, a now lost venue near the train station. Really useful for getting on and off the train as well. So, oh, it um, was. It was too much on the corner of the station. It was brilliant. That was, yeah. God, when, and it always sticks in my head. I told you this off mic before. When the second band that ran, and I forgot the name of them now. 
then one of your mates is in the band, wasn't he? And my, my brother called him Devil Worship Music, and he still goes on about that to this day. <laughs> yeah, if you play them backwards, they uh, they sound non-satanic. Yeah, um, no, <laughs> no, it's, yeah. Um, no it, I I really really have to um, to credit Remy, my friend Remy, for that. So who's a, a a friend of um, friend of another band called uh, Exploits of Elaine that I've I've known and I've played in as well. Um, and Remy just said, "Right, you're going out." Uh, so we we went out that evening. Um, I think he played me Drake Glow the night before the, the Epi Forty Five album Drake Glow uh, beforehand, and I thought, "Oh, that's great! It's, yeah, we're gonna really enjoy it." So we all just sat on the floor, and I got got some dodgy pictures from there. Um, trying not to take pictures with a flash, you know, back in the days when no. cameras were were not as uh, well, we weren't using phones anyway. Oh no, it predated it. I've got yeah. recordings of both Epic Forty Five and July Skies from that night, and. I'll send them over to you at some point. You can have a listen for memory's sake. But it's it, like you said, your pictures are dodgy. I think my recording was dodgy that night. Because, <laughs> oh, I, I was drunk as a skunk that night, I was. And I'm not even sure if that place had an alcohol license. I can't remember if it did. I Yeah, I, I, I'll uh, I'll sort of I mean, slightly glaze over something else. But there was another gig a little bit later that um, <laughs> there was a, I was in a band and the band decided to go outside to to, to, to smoke. And uh, and the the owner of the venue was not particularly happy. To find them outside um so yeah it was it it's closed a little bit after that but it was uh it seemed to to attract quite a yeah i would say quite a disparate group of uh of artists oh, uh, that's the best yeah. i mean that's a good way of putting it there basically mate now i think obviously you better tell people a clip about yourself obviously is i think people that will know me and you know we're both capable of just going off on a tangent and just talking absolute bollocks for about 40 minutes. So the swear words are going to come out in this podcast, everybody, for I better warn you, because I know what Eric's like and I know what I'm like. So, <laughs> so Eric, obviously, mate, um, I said, I said for the time, when I first met you properly, when you did, you were toward the Epic 45, toward 14, I think it was. And I've said, I have bumped into you mm-hmm. since at Piccadilly Train Station, and you and Vicky were off to a concert at Salford Keys, and I've forgotten who it was now. That was a few oh, years God, later. That must have been, yeah. That I reckon that would have been the um, the Eccentronic Research Council. That Maxine. would have been with, uh, yeah. We went there with uh, our friend Ian and uh, Maxine Peake was reading out of a Haynes manual. You know, that, just was, the to... one. that was the one. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, remember I remember going about Maxine. I Maxine Peake, and I couldn't remember the name of the app now. Yeah, shows you. But listen, mate. We're going, to talk, we're going to go off with enough tangents as it stands. Anyway, so we're better to let, to let you introduce yourself, to everybody, mate. And mate, so. Tell them obviously a bit about your background as a musician and where all your creativity came from. And that'll probably be only my only structured point this session knowing you, mate. <laughs> I how, how to explain that? Um, well, I I think I, I wasn't a particularly musical kid. I, uh, I just kind of like making, putting things together. And I met, I remember messing around with a tape. Uh, t- I think I used to do something like tape, uh, CDs, uh dub cds and the radio together and try and make things and then as i got older i got a computer at, at college and i started recording uh because i i, I played with a, a friend I got, I got a bass guitar and i started trying to record things and make ended up making sort of ambient music really and uh then i i really made that uh that step into recording uh, well i recorded the tape for a while um and tried to record piano on the tape Oh, and then the, the the tape, well, I've, yeah, wow. I've got the track somewhere. They were sort of like five minute long piano pieces, and I would have to run to the to the radiator to warm my hands up every time I made a mistake. <laughs> and and the story of that EP or whatever it was really, because it was going to be a piano and Martino, the the, the the instrument. I'll explain a little bit later about. Uh, 
it, it that uh, that AP uh, sort of died a death when the tape player chewed the tape, um, and then in in a fit of uh, of real just uh, despondency, I guess I just put together this EP, which was called Reflecting. In three days, I think I had I, I worked. I, I had three days that week that I could do it. I sort of worked the Tuesday and the Thursday or something, and I did five tracks in it. And then that became a release, and uh, eventually it was put out and got some good reviews. Uh, and from then, really, it was just listening to a lot of electronic music, writing very ambient music in response because I couldn't put beats together. Um, and then, yeah, I guess coming to I, I met I met Epic Forty Five. I got friends became friends with ben and rob uh that changed my mindset when it came to music i think i got a bit more confident with it i saw a, a way of putting it out because previously i'd been putting it out through a label called records or on ribs and uh ben and, and rob put together their weight and wooden label and then i started uh, i'd been playing quite a lot of folk music live um and, and with i played accordion and then I, that sort of turned into an album called shopshire hill country and um, from there, I just sort of built up, I guess, just into in, into writing more poppy songs. Yeah, I mean, you, it's interesting because I, I tend to think of your career direction. It reminds me in a very the odd career, way. Of like, <laughs> oh, okay. Release history then. Don't ever put that way then. <laughs> yeah. I always think of like, um, you get some acts where they start off in one direction and go off in a completely different other. It's like if people obviously hear some of your later releases, like you, you're absolutely brilliant tj single and then the album that came after we did um oh no it's tj album i'm apologizing album <laughs> i read it wrong then tease the album yeah the yeah, uh, the, T, yeah. I, read it, I read it completely wrong and yeah that itself like only came a few years after but it was completely changing direction for you really wasn't it i think it's a, a mixture of the so a, a sequencing so to, say 2008 2009 i was writing uh the I actually wrote Shropshire Hill Country a lot of it in 2008 and 2009. And then I put together Snail Beach, Mind's Trust, which is the, the first album, actually. It came out a bit... Mm. Um, it, that came out first because it just seemed to fit. And that was written very quickly. Um, and then in that, in that from 2010 to 11, I started writing a lot more coherent songs, I'd say. Um, I got more vocals in it. And then I th those actually became what became Smiling Leaf, which was released a few years ago. Um, yeah, and then, great, and then T, yeah, T was um, was just I don't know. It, it just it, it went a bit mad, really, and I just spent a long time writing very intensely, and we released it in two thousand and thirteen. Um, so yeah, that that was a, a there's I think it's a delay, really. I think it's that as I got more confident with production, there were quite big jumps, but they were there was a lot of failures along the way to get get my drift. Yeah, I think it's nature to be to be doing any sort of creative process, really. Uh, like, not everything goes to plan. And sometimes the best accidents are the one you end up sticking with sometimes, or or in some cases, get deleted pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot, really, in it. There's, there's a lot of an assumption. Sorry, there's a lot of assumption about the way that people release their, their music, and they just think it's, you know, oh, you, you finished it, you just get it out. And there's a huge build-up to this. It would be depressing... Or, or mastering or things like that or just it doesn't fit so i know some some people have not been able to release something they they it's become it's either come out li likely to come out at the same time as something that was quite similar or sounded a bit too similar or things like that so i've got an album actually um that i've been writing since 2018 
Uh, mm. I haven't finished it yet. It's very close to being finished, but it then became quite difficult mm. to work out how I'd release it because it, it, the climate that it was written in is very mm. different to now. So oh, yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, of course, a yeah, lockdown, everything, the world's changed, doesn't it? So absolutely, and that album there is, um, you know, it's it's like it's like tea gone a bit a bit more bonkers. It, it's it, there's a lot more lev- layers, a ridiculous number of layers, uh, but then I can't work out where I'd put it how I put it out it's it's tricky so yeah there there is that that element of uh not being it not being the right time sometimes so people have lost albums there's a brilliant band called Plone who who uh yeah they, oh yeah, yeah th- th- their second album was amazing and it got uh, put up on YouTube because Warp didn't release it oh, I can't remember that as well because I got their still got their first single that came out in Woosler Jukebox and it was just like I had absolutely no idea who they were this is one of those things back in the day, and I thought I played it back and I thought, hey, it was absolutely incredible. Yeah, I've got the first album, I need to get the second one as well. Well, you can you can't get yeah. the second one on CD, you can get it on YouTube. Yeah, I'll have to I'll it. have to, should we say, um investigate that on YouTube, right? <laughs> Clone's second album is what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Unreleased well, yeah. second. Yeah. Unreleased second album, definitely. Now I want to obviously there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about you today, Eric, as well. Because I I know which is obviously that like, since your last release came out at Patton a couple of years ago. I know you've been yeah. concentrating your writing more nowadays, haven't you, as well as on a different side note. And you sent over to me before an absolute brilliant story called The Face. Now, I've really, really enjoyed that. I thought myself, I thought, I thought, wow, brilliant. Now, tell us about then, have you always been writing or has that always come, has that come to you a bit later on in life? So, yeah, about... In in my uh, say slightly pre teenage years, uh, mm. I was a, I went to a very small school up in the hills up in Shropshire, and they had a poet who came. Uh, I'll, I'll name him. He's Andrew Fusick Peters. He was a a, a a a poet, and I did it. He did a TV series called Bam Bam Strawberry Jam, and he he came, and uh, the the school was very small. The, the there weren't a lot of uh, I think there were six people in my year. I was the eldest. Um, and no one really came to the the sessions, except I kept coming. So I, I really wanted to develop my writing. I, I wrote prose mainly. I didn't, I, but I wrote a few poems. I, st- I started writing it, but I always found poems to be a bit too. Um, I, I find it uncomfortable because, I, not for any good reason. It's just it's it's quite. Um, it, I don't, I'm never quite happy with the way that they they work. I, I so I'm happier with prose. So. As a at school, I wrote a lot of create, you know, did creative writing, and I really enjoyed that. And I did did write little bits and pieces. I wrote one Christmas. I remember uh, my sister gave me some mold uh, mold brandy. It was called, and I just lay in bed, just uh, just writing these stories as they came. As this this feeling just washed over me. It's, oh, um, wow, it's great. Wow. So so I wrote yeah, lots of little stories, and quite quite a lot of them are based on. Uh, false mythology so i'm quite keen at some point to write a, 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 almost like a fake guide of mythology written, oh, yeah. m- misremembered one <laughs> i wrote one about um about uh clipping uh clipping the burr as it's called the uh so there's a a legend of going around the reekin which is everyone holds hands to go around the reekin uh hill and uh, near telford and i rewrote it as uh, clipping the burr so everyone holds hands and uh so there's th- there's that, but then I I started developing these stories, and I wrote one um, that was uh, released um, on a le- uh, on a, a website that's now just come back again. Um, 
I will I will put the I'll, I'll let you know which website it was. Um, yeah, and when we do the write up, yeah. I can put it in the write up for you. So yeah, I, I, certainly, it, yeah. I certainly want to read this, John, as you as well, yeah, straight yeah, away. Yeah. So. That that was about the it's called the Coliseum. It's about a, a, a sort of a journey to frozen a frozen coastal town um, where everything seems to be frozen in time. Um, so I, I wrote that and and then I put it in. It's, uh, my fr- uh, Rob Rob Glover from Forty um, Five just uh, said, "Oh, you should yeah, you should put one in in for a Christmas story." And I finally finished it and uh, sent it over, got a few edits done and put it in and got some good good comments. So I, I took a bit of um, time off a few years ago and just wrote a load of stories. And yeah, so so the one that you read, read The Face, that's uh, that was one. Now, you're gonna be, if people are wondering, guy, you're going to be reading an extract of this story out in the second half for us. But I want to ask you, tell us about the history of this story. Because it's interesting, you started off with a quote from Robert McFarland from the yeah. wild places at the top. But now, tell us about what made you want to put that quote at the top of the story then, first of all. Okay, so the, the interesting thing I, I found, because I re- read the uh, really, really good book called the, it's up there, it's The Book of Trespass by Nick Nick Haynes, um, which is a, a lot about place, a lot about the denial of place, of, of, of the right to roam, of the act of enclosure, things like that. Um, and I, for a, quite a long time, I've been very interested in the nature of living in the countryside. There, there's something that's been boiling through my mind for years that's about, I wouldn't say it's about freedom, but it's about the concept of, of people's concepts of, of freedom and, and ability to to go around places you know, as they please. Uh, that, that in a city that you almost feel like everything's private. That if you go into the countryside, you feel like, oh, suddenly, you know, you can go anywhere, but you can't because there's barely any footpaths or the footpaths are closed or things. And, and eventually you get to the seaside and you think, well, you can walk along the coastal paths, but you can't get any further because the sea is the ultimate. So for me, there's a lot in my mind about the countryside and the lack of right to to journey through it. I think during lockdown, I was in, uh, unable to go down several paths because they're behind you know, they're not kept up or the styles are closed or you suddenly realise that in, yeah, there's a hill over there and you could just walk up the roads, but you can't walk up anything else. So if you go into the woodland, there's lots of tracks, but you don't know which ones are your right, are right to walk down. So there are logging roads. There's all sorts of bits that you're, you're always getting these signs telling you, you can't go down this or that. So actually how little you can you can see, but also what happens if you go off the right path, I guess. Yeah, I like that. I like the philosophy on that. It's- it kind of definitely sums up the story itself because I think it's a great story. We really do. So that, that's the Royal McFarlane quote is about you know, you know the how how the, the there's a lot of written about you know you go up the hill uh, into woodland into nature and it uh, makes you think differently. And there's a beautiful uh, section of um, of the book that uh, I quoted it from, which is the Wild Place, isn't it? Where he talks about things I've incorporated in another story uh, about how he sits in this ro- rocky area. And, mm. and time time moves in that in <clears throat> in uh, in, uh, in wild time. Wow! The, yeah. the, the rocks are yeah. the rocks are moving at a different speed to you. The trees, you know, are moving at a different speed to you. Everything's different. Yeah. No, great. I think it's it's something that well, because I'm going to. I said I have read a bit of Robert Farm. I'm going to check that one out definitely later on. But that's I made note of that. So tell us about the idea for the face and like wonder a bit more detail on that the story itself then. Okay, there's um, there are a few touch points for it really. There's a really 
really amazingly unknown author called um, LTC Rolt. A, a little bit about my kind of interest is uh, I, I I really like the the, the weird fiction of uh, Algernon Blackwood of Arthur Mack and those those kind of people Magnus Mills as well I really like the, the sort of the mundane nature of of how things go and then there's a really some really good stories of his where they sort of explode in ways you wouldn't expect but uh, LTC Rolt was a, a the founder of the In the Waterways Association with with Robert Aikman of all people um, he uh, also wrote a lot of books about the canals about railways uh, and then he wrote this incredible book uh, called Sleep No More, which is just short stories about trains, about canals, about uh, about uh, yeah, just the Herefordshire, Shropshire area, quite a lot of it. So there's this one story called the the uh, the shouting, uh, where he goes, his character is wakened by these boys who go into the wood, and when they come back, there's just something wrong about these kids. There's they because he hears this weird noise, and then they come back, and they're just sort of zoned out or or a, a slip of what they should be and he goes in there and he gets he just it's something like the green man gets him or something and this huge face just comes out of the woods and i thought something about that got me because i thought well what what would happen if someone's just sort of walking up the woods at, like, like i do I, I did a lot of walking over 2020 and i just sort of found different places what happens if you're walking along the forest track you don't know it's not really the right place that you should be going and then suddenly you just see this god you just oh, yeah. you just see this face and it says that's that looks like a face hang on a minute oh god that's a god and it's a <laughs> bit of a a bit of a sort of woodland spirit thing there's a, a little yeah, reference at brilliant. one point of a, a forest kings and things like that so i'll have yeah, to take it on the, the forest yeah i'll take it with the, i've taken it on the woods near or some point you've ever was waiting you and vicky because like i said when me and amanda live we live woods woods called shackley woods and about half miles walk from us you can end up going way up into the and I'll send it nowhere around that you can. So I'll yeah, some point yeah. I'll take you down. I'll definitely will take you there, mate. Take that one because we've got a cricket ground near the back of us as well. So non-league cricket grounds. I think you've been to as well, actually. What's the name of the ground? At Denton. Denton. Oh, I played. I played at Denton. Yeah. I'll tell you. Yeah. What. So one little story about playing at Denton is that oh, yeah. uh, when I was a kid, I, I watched a lot of uh, Touch Touch of Frost. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so, so when I went to Denton, I was going, oh wow, it's like it's like Denton, you know. Such a frost, Denton, and then the, the other part of my brain going that yeah, D Denton's horrible in Touch of Frost. Everything really bad happens there. <laughs> Done round it. I think we need to state that. Uh, Wait, yeah. this is a lovely area. <laughs> so, no, no, no. But <laughs> if you get yeah. the the view of of Touch of Frost, it's just you know always yeah. bleak. Um, so no, no I, was, I was really excited because it was Touch of Frost world. <laughs> no, fair play, mate. <laughs> but I now, did play I, there. Yeah, I did play. I've got a couple of things I want to talk touch on today as well. So I'm going to make you make sure we get space on certain things. Yeah. Now. People, the eagle-eyed people notice you. You and Vicky, your partner, have bought out uh, a project together called Creepy Jenny, haven't you? Yeah. So now I want it because you told me this off mic before, and I thought it's a great story. So I'm going to get you to repeat it. So tell us about the origins of this project. There's only one track out so far on your record label, which you'll we'll come on to next. Yeah. Well, tell us a bit more about that then, because I think it's a great story. Okay, so Creepy Jenny is, uh, is yeah, myself and Vicky. Um, it's a, a kind of a an 80s synth John Carpenter soundtrack-esque uh, project. A lot of it's Vicky's <laughs> melodies and, and, and ideas. Uh, I'm, I'm mainly the engineer and the and the producer. Um, and it, yeah, the name comes from uh, me saying to Vicky uh, about Creeping Jenny, and she misheard, hears it and says, oh, Creepy Jenny. 
And so we immediately just thought, oh, it's, it's dolls, isn't it? It's, you know, kind of haunted dolls, strange, strange things like that. So so the artwork is uh, a doll's face, which is a kindly, actually, the uh, my friend Sarah Scruff, um, uh, she's got a, a, a lot of photos of strange and creepy damaged dolls. Uh, and that's got creeping Jenny growing out of its hair. Yeah. So we'll, that, that, but we'll finish the EP. And when we finish the EP, which we should do, uh, it's... Um, yeah, that, that you'll see the full artwork from that as well. That's, that's just a portion of the artwork. I look forward to it. It's a great single. Well, we're checking out that straight you. away. Now, obviously, yeah, the, better, the, better... the Thirst, it's called The Thirst. Yeah. Yes, clarify people definitely now. And we need to talk about, obviously, about your record label next, don't we? Because your, all your releases haven't come out of Wayside Woodlands and, and other labels. You've done, with you doing your own record label now, Plenty Wenlock, a couple of years ago. Now, Tate Makers, first of all, tell us about why. This title for this label oh the the why it's called plenty yeah. wenlock yeah oh, a, I, i've got i got a really really good um comment on um so there's a friend of mine called dave bell um who uh mentioned it when we relaunched the label it just a little bit of backstory we launched it a while ago about 10 years ago well, more than 10 years ago and then more than that, more than that yeah. yeah 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 and he uh he said um yes it's you know it's a pun Oh, sorry. He mentioned the label, and then someone went, "Oh, that's a a much Wenlock based pun. That's wildly niche." <laughs> and I thought, that, "Absolutely, I've made it now. I've made a much Wenlock based pun." And a little bit of history of much Wenlock would be the the place where the modern Olympic Games was first held. Um, so yeah, but actually, the story's a little bit a little bit strange. My grandfather was known as uh, as Wampom. It was a I think it was a Native American uh, uh, phrase. Um, and then there's uh, much Wenlock, and I thought, well, what's enough Wenlock? Yeah. So I combined the two. Yeah, what's what's enough Wenlock? There's plenty Wenlock. Is this? Yeah, <laughs> no, I, like enough, that. I mean, what, what what's it? What's enough Wenlock? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's. I know it's people are wondering. We're having a reoccurring pattern where you do things sometimes here, aren't we? The creepy Jenny. Now this one itself, where you do like the amalgamation, don't you? You misheard language, or you're playing around with it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, I I guess they um, my. My partner Vicky has uh, has a lot more history, and I mean it'd be things like Unwin, wouldn't it? And and then, but there are other people. Um, I would have to check with with Vicky about it, but she she's very fond of. Uh, there's an uh, there was a w- woman I I can't remember her name who used to speak in this kind of strange mis misworded sentences, and very much that kind of idea is yeah we'll 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 just throw some things together and see what happens. And I think I think it works. It works really well with that one straight away. So now, obviously, looking at other projects as well now. Because I know, obviously, I always like to start wrapping up the side of the podcast, and I like asking people what plans do you have next. Because I know you're all, you're always working in bits and pieces. Because you know, you've got some more music on the go, and I know certainly as well. You're looking at doing a book, aren't you? Eventually, as well on the on your writing. There's an idea to make uh, the album Shropshire Hill Country into a book, uh, which was a uh, it, it, Shropshire Hill Country was practically an album of, of tracks inspired by Shropshire and the book of the, na- the same name by uh, Vincent Waite. With, the idea was to, uh, well, it was intended as almost an oral guide to an area. So the the, the strange, ex- uh, to- Shropshire's quite touristy in certain places. 
Um, so it was, a, it was quite an interesting idea to take it and, and write about places that people wouldn't necessarily know. So you walk into a tourist information centre, you pick this thing up and then it tells you to go to Knockin's Radio Telescope <laughs> or, um, you know, Pontsbury and listen to its bell rings. Uh, so, yeah, the idea to write the book where someone uh, picks it up, uh, misunderstanding that it, well, thinking it, sorry, it is a guidebook, puts it in the CD player and then goes, oh, well, might as well follow it. Yeah, so uh, oh. well, it, but it'd be a, quite a good retrospective of the album and, and how things have developed since. Because there's yeah, a, get... a track on it, Walking in Lennamunuk. I think it was in 2009. And that was with Ben and Rob from Epic Boy Five. So, yeah. yeah, it'd be interesting to do that on that date, you know, and go back. Oh, yeah, be great fun, that. Definitely. Oh, Gibson Vaughan, I'd, I'd certainly like to see a copy of the book of that, definitely, when you get around to releasing it, definitely. So, so we've done what's a little bit more about the label, though, and the plans. Uh, yeah, so yes, please, mate. Do, yes, please, we've done a lot of re-releases. Um, so a lot of the things that I've... So, or or there was an album called uh, In a Land of Lost Content, which is written about going to the Land of Lost Content Museum, which is... Um, it, it, I do it's a great EP, that one. It really is. I've got no EP album. I don't know. It's only it, quite short, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. sort of, yeah, I guess it's more of a mini album. But um, I, uh, yeah, I, I left one at the museum and uh, went Ooh. back recently to go and uh, to just check where it was. I couldn't find it. And then we mentioned it to uh, Sistella, who runs the museum. And she went, yeah, found it. I wanted to do it was. <laughs> Didn't think I'd ever meet the guy who did it. <laughs> so it's lo lovely. I, I left it in the popular music section quite Clever but, man, clever man. So, so what we, yeah, anyway, uh, hmm. there's, there's a number of re-releases and, and then we we put a poll up recently to say what people like. So people like some more new things. So there's a, an artist called Wildly who's going to release a few EPs. Um, hmm. uh, there's, um, I, I, sh I should, hopefully, because this is the year, the 10th anniversary of the year T was released, the album T, so I should be putting something out later this year related to it, some cups and and some other merchandise, hopefully. A, a tea cup would be quite fun. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. A tea, tea then, cup, yeah, I like that. A, a tea, tea cup, yeah. Um, yeah, and a few other bits and pieces. And then uh, I guess with the label, we'll see, because it's, um, yeah, th th there's albums and bits and pieces that we want to put out too, but it, it really is dependent on on what people are, are interested in. Yeah, that's fair enough. And you were saying before to me, weren't you? And obviously, we don't want to give too much away. Somewhere you release, you might be doing a release to a wayside and woodland yet, but that washes space out, yeah. Yeah, I ho I'd, I'd hope so. We'll we'll see. It's I. There are a few things that I wrote uh, that were intended for uh, for wayside, but for, for bits and pieces, you know, for certain reasons, it, they, they weren't. But uh, hopefully they will, but we'll we'll see. There's a, there are different, there are lots of, the, again, I went back and did a, a few EPs uh, rather than uh, albums and through the EL Heath music. And um, yeah, we'll see. Let, uh, yeah, answers in a, yeah. in a little bit if they if they happen. Yeah, exactly. Well, we won't push that one any further, definitely, mate. Now, I'm going to let you do the hard sell now, basically, mate. I love doing this word hard sell. Where can people get hold of your music, first of all? Okay, so my music's all over the place. Um, most okay, the ones that, really ones, that, <laughs> ones that you can tell people is easiest to uh, find them. <laughs> the, the, the easiest place to find music is that, that uh, if you want to get really into the old stuff, which we are in the process, we'll, we'll re-release in, 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 in other ways as well. Is, um, there's uh, Records on Ribs, which is a record label, which is a free uh, or donation-based one, uh, which is all Creative Commons, which is why uh, some of my music ended up on a film about Manchester of all things as well oh, oh i didn't know, I didn't a, know about that. Oh, yeah wow. yeah i'll have to share that with you yeah. um 
Then there's uh, Way Southern Woodland, which again, there's Bandcamp account for Way Southern Woodland Recordings, which is uh, Ben and Rob's uh, uh, Epic 45 related uh, and related projects one. Uh, and then there's Plenty Wenlock, which is uh, again, Plenty Wenlock Records. Um, I, I'd have to check whether the, the Bandcamp is records or it's just band, Plenty Wenlock, but uh, th- those are the places that they're, they're, Spot- they're on Spotify, on YouTube, all, all over the place, really. Um, and yeah, we on Plenty Wenlock, just to mention actually, we do handmade CDs and hopefully tapes in the future. What we do is we, we make them. We make them up to practically to order. We'll do something like 25 copies, but we'll make them up to order. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Just to clarify to you, everyone's wondering, plenty wedlock is plenty wedlock records.bandcamp.com. See? I, <laughs> yeah. I can I look online at the same time. <laughs> you, you found it, yeah. So it is plenty wedlock records. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the, the 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 thing is it started off as plenty wedlock and then it could have been so hopefully, you know, if I did some books, it would be plenty wedlock press. Um, so when we relaunch, we we made sure it was records. And um, there's there's an Instagram account. I've got an Instagram account as El Heath as well, um, where I put up some pictures, uh, and uh, Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. Uh, there's one thing I want to ask you as well, for, quickly before we go on this, in relation to one of your releases Rob, on this was the wildly release about the Black Nun. Yeah, I ah. would. That's. I think it's a great release. To t- tell us very quickly about that because one thing I forgot to, I forgot to ask yeah, about to you. Yeah, that that's a that's a crazy one. Um, and, yeah, it's and, crazy. It's a crazy uh, single as well. <laughs> uh, well, just to, I don't want to speak too much about this, but there's something very very exciting happening with with relating to to that release. Um, uh, there's uh, the the story of uh, Sarah Whitehead, the the Black Nun, uh, is is one that uh, people are being. Uh, have been researching for years and and this this uh, is that's what the black nun's based on um so yeah we'll we'll see but we've had um, some contact with someone who's been researching about it so yeah more more when it happens uh, hopefully no. but um no. yeah the story the story of it is um there's this uh this artist that we we've got some releases by called called wildly um vincent is i think it's a I think it's a pseudonym, but it's uh yeah we 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 know him sort of ca- quite casually, uh, and he th- this uh, sent over this um, this really this track it was just chaos. It's really really intense um, uh, about the the story of the Black Nun, and then there uh, there was this idea to um, to really to recite because it was a live performance. It, it, oh, was it? Uh, oh, wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wow. uh, if you if you um yeah if you listen to the distilling the black nun second part that which is read beautifully by our, our friend john day um it yeah the, the he goes through this the story of how it was uh it was all written in uh, it was all performed in uh finish hall in Shropshire and all run through tape delay and stuff and uh and what um and what it does it it blends it, uh, witness experiences uh, uh, people reading out witness experiences into it um, so yeah, there's a whole second part of it, which is the uh, the explainer to the to the track, um, and we sold a, a few copies of the original, which were all hand inscribed, uh, hand illustrated. Sorry, and then we did a we've got another set, which was yeah made up. But um, yeah, that, it was quite a quite a hard. It was um, a Halloween release, but it was quite a quite a change. I don't know quite how people took it. 
I loved it, but again, I've got I'm, I'm weird at the best of times. It was like, so it was, you know, you know about by now, but yeah, no, it just can't be talking about the end of it. Anyway, no, listen, that's a guy's goes. We'll wrap up this point here. So I want to give Eric a chance to let him read out an extract from his story for so it's been grateful this day, mate. So yeah, we will see yeah. you all in two shakes of the dice. Spoken label. Hi guys, Andy N. Spoken label. I'm not even gonna say the brilliant because he is brilliant. The wonderful Eric Lovelace Heath. Now, Eric's going to do first, as we hinted before. I don't know if he's going to do the full story or an extract from it. So he's over to you, mate, anyway. Surprise me. Okay. Uh, I'm going to read uh, a part of The the Face, which is a, a short story I've written that Andy has mentioned earlier. Well, we've talked about earlier. Um, so uh, just a little, little mention that I'm, I'm not a performer. I've not read out things particularly, like so... Uh, I'll give this my best shot. Uh, little can match the sense of desolation felt when faced with a barren hillside or when stood in a vast clearing, the goodness being washed out of the soil beneath your feet, trunks shattered, branches left to rot. It had been customary to wander this forest, elevated as it was, views stolen only through gaps between trees, as long as paths had formed. These days it was a haven for loggers, or at least it was ever since they cut their track through the woodlands, and it was on this particular trail that I saw what I cannot explain. It was not the first time I'd chosen this sweeping route through the trees over the competing charms of spidery paths which lay this way and that. They chose to burrow through dense plantations, and anyhow I preferred to feel the sun on my back. It was a pleasant late afternoon, one of those which seeg into evening at this time of year without so much of a sign. I'd observed the change in the seasons, our different species had come first to bud, then leaf, then bloom. Now elder bore heavy fruit, honeysuckle climbed a neighbour, while an unfortunate other was marked grimly for felling. A garish orange X adorned its trunk, a mark born of man and none the better for it. I'd reached a section where the mantle of the forest met briar and bramble, the domain of a forest king, branches crowned with a wide and solemn grandeur a place where only one confused could stumble and never once be welcome. To my right stood an ancient ash, not a royal standing, but a worthy consort. The track lay ahead, lined to the left by tall pine trees whose branches reached only to the north, as if holding a waving shield of green. I felt a lap of breeze through the pine needles, noticing the way they deflected and reshaped other sounds, the call of a red kite in one breath, the crash of a working quarry on another. Then making my way along the hard yellow mud and pressed stone, a verge began to climb, dry scrub and root, last year's leavings. Here was the realm of foxglove, mouseir and dead nettle, of wood sage, bramble and gorse, pocket of fern, the trembling green fingers of silver fir. My gaze flitted from this to the sunken grass and tangle of its neighbour on the other side as the root swept this way and that in slow, broad corners. One verge, tall and acrid, the other damp and lush, attracting desperate fauna, either side of the divide on which I stood, and I continued to muse on what had lain here before the way was claimed. With a sudden clatter of wings, a cold terror reached into my thoughts and returned me to the present. A startled songbird was thrashing in last year's detritus, desperate to be free. As it pushed gamely against the woven net of briar and crumpled fern, I was able to make out the yellow flash and dark, dull brown of blackbird before it tore itself away, chattering loudly, 
This rather knocked me off my stride and I became aware of the bleakness of the area I found myself, the ruthless efficiency of the logging road, the shattered stumps of unfortunate trees, the general industry waste and lack of care for the surroundings. And there, on that dreary verge, I was sure I could make out a set of eyes. It's incredible, really. Thank you. That's got so much power in it, eh, Eric, that's... And what's, what I love what you make, Mike, is... You're like our mutual friend, Mr. Anthony Hardigan, Ben Ben Holter and Bob Goldfer as well. Is that is such a serious piece? But you, I know what you're like. He's such a serious guy in some ways, and it's like it, it absolutely just shit. There's a paranoia behind that piece as well when you're reading it. Then, good God, there's um a, yeah, but it's it's I, I consider that I don't know like others would, but I consider it to be quite a funny one as well because there's a there's a little bit where um they just to, to mention that they so there's the uh, um, the ash, not of royal standing, but a worthy consort. And then a little bit later, there's a little joke that links into that, where I, I quite like the idea that you judge, uh, because it's, you know, the Forest King and things like that, it, it, you judge trees on their standing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you do. I'm always believing, like I said, I think music's the same, really. You can't put everything just constantly bleak on it. You've got to do little side jokes and stuff like that, or little things and make your reader investigate it. It's yeah. absolutely... Here it is. It's the uh, uh, for so, so uh, not to sort of give the game away, but then there's that obviously leaves the place. Um, for some reason, I found the need to apologise, despite its minor reputation, and wandered off muttering agitatedly under my breath. <laughs> it's Brilliant. it's minor reputation. <laughs> Brilliant. This is my. We'll wrap up the podcast here because if people are wondering, I've not spoke to you for ages. We're going to carry on chatting for a bit more anyway. So so. I'll just, um, I, I want to mention one thing oh, yes. before we go. Um, yeah, yeah there's, well, Ben Ben Holton has been doing an absolutely wonderful series of uh, podcasts with with short stories as well. Oh, um, yeah, and, yeah, so yeah. I, yeah. Good, I, I, I appear in one in a very odd way. You probably won't work out which one it is. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I know which one it is because I've subscribed yeah, but, to it on yeah, Patreon. But, but do you know what I was doing? No, I couldn't work that one out. You have to give that exclusive yeah. point. And, and it's called... Um, from quiet houses um and it's on uh it's on spotify if i remember correctly it's it, it's available as a podcast now and then he's got his patreon as well and it's just that's brilliant there's lots of little weird glimpses into um into folklore and and uh and strange stories so yeah check that out yeah, please do yeah good and i noticed you mentioned you're on the second one and i've listened to it about three times and i thought what the fuck is he? I can't work out where you were in that. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's, there's a method behind the madness. Yeah, and also one last thing is to mention Rob Rob Glover's um, Hidden Britain Sign Company as well, which is superb. Yeah, and I, I, I did help do an advert once as well for that, so it's lovely. <laughs> brilliant. No, you did right. Everybody, check out Ben's Ben Thomas Holton. Benjamin Patreon. Thomas Holton. Yeah. That was it. I'm patient. I'm subscribed. It's tremendous stuff. His podcast is brilliant. And I love his lovely, exclusive music. And also, like to check out Rob's, Rob's fingers also. Thank you again, Eric, today. It's been a pleasure, mate. Absolutely been looking forward to this one for ages. So, so it's Andy and Sanagot. We will see you all soon. Take care. Spock, mate.